You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. All right. Well, I think we're ready to lay down podcast number five, I think it is. Number five. <laughs> it is. Hmm. I've been part of two. Yeah. This is your second one? Second podcast, yeah. Heck yeah. There's going to be more in the future. Got some good plans. It'll be good. Yeah. Um, it's, what is today? The 30th of December. It's that time of year where everyone's eating holiday treats, getting ready for the new year and to set... Resolutions. I gotta go buy shrimp today. Shrimp. Shrimp. Dude, I didn't get an invite. What the yeah, heck? Sorry. <laughs> just for me. Oh. Yeah, not party, not anything, just for me. Zach is gonna eat back. shrimp. His wife's gonna <laughs> eat like a hot pocket. She doesn't like shrimp, so more for me. But yeah, end of the year. Yeah. Everybody's getting a little tubby. Every year, this time of year, people are setting their fitness goals. I saw more people at the gym this morning than I've seen since last January. <laughs> yeah. Not, well, that's crazy to me because the other day I went on Wednesday. Yeah. There's nobody. So I'm like, <laughs> everybody's in hibernation right now. That's right. They're still eating their fruitcakes and yep. all their holiday Sugar treats. plums. Never had a sugar plum. <laughs> <laughs> Are those good. still a thing? <laughs> yeah. That could be. Yeah. So today, Zach and I, we've been mulling over this for a while, but today we wanted to kind of talk about our uh, fitness goals and what we're doing to prepare for our hunts next year. We um, kind of have an idea. Well, Zach knows he's going to have a tag because he's got a dedicated hunter tag, and I'm trying to draw the same tag. Yeah. So we we are kind of planning for that um, and some other hunts that we will pick up along the way. But the the country that we hunt is pretty dang rugged. It's high elevation, it's desert, and it's straight up and down. <laughs> yeah, very straight up and down. And I think, you know, I almost like the process of getting to hunting season more yeah. than hunting season. <laughs> because, I, it, you know, you get shed hunting season, mm-hmm. but then you get scouting. Yeah. You get to get up in the hills and all the wildflowers are out. Everything's green. I almost like that process more, but in order to enjoy it, you got to be in somewhat shape. Yeah. If you don't, in my experience, if I haven't trained or, you know, tried to stay in shape before hunting season and I go out on day one, I'm toast by noon and I, I don't want to hunt anymore. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's exactly how I am. And, and that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Did I just say a boat? A boot? A boot. That's what we're going to talk about. A boat? Canadian? Minnesota, Canadian, they're all the same. Water. Okay. In water. Yeah. Drink lots of water when you're hunting. (laughs) So a couple of weeks ago, um, Zach and I had been talking about this, and we decided that we wanted to start. We we go to the gym fairly regularly, but we decided we really need to incorporate some cardio into our exercise routines, which I hate. I hate cardio. Yeah. I hate leg day. Runner's high doesn't exist in my <laughs> life. I think the furthest I've ever run in one at one time is nine miles, and I dreaded, hated it, cussed it. Furthest never, I've ever never run felt is good from the truck to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But I think that you know, there's different kinds of things you can do to help prepare you for the mountain. Yeah, and here out west in the state of Utah, yeah, like McCade said. Where we're hunting, it's pretty vertical, pretty rugged, uh, not a lot of cover because you're in the desert, um, so you're going to get beat by the sun. And so I think that how you train is very important. You know, you got to have those goals or what you're trying to accomplish. For me, every year it's, you know, I can make it about two and a half days before my legs feel like they're done. Yeah. And day three and four and five. It's tough. You know, I experienced it on my mom's elk hunt this year. Yeah. You know, days one through three were pretty good. But when you don't have success, 
you know, I mean, I guess you, you know, obviously it's just as much of a mental thing as it is a, a physical thing too, but you got to be yeah. able to, if you're physically in there and you're able to, to do it, I don't think your mind gets worn down as much. I definitely once. think there's a correlation there Yeah, between the two. So yeah, we, <clears throat> we decided to start doing this backpack cardio thing. Um, we look cool. It, it's winter time. Uh, <laughs> when we get off work, it's already dark. So hiking the hills during the week isn't really an option. Although I want to start hiking some more yeah. because in my mind, the best training is on the mountain training. If you're, if you're going to train for something, you train by doing that thing. So if you're going to train for hiking, you hike. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, given the circumstances, we decided to start doing this backpack cardio thing. So we decided to take our hunting packs into the gym, got all kinds of weird looks. We threw 45 pound plates on our backpacks and just started doing all kinds of cardio exercises. It was brutal. It was. That first day was pretty brutal. First day we did, um, I did a half hour on the treadmill. Then we went over to the stair stepper mm-hmm. and we did stairs for 10 minutes. I think we did two five minute Intervals. Intervals. It was it like took it a was ten brutal. minute break in between. It was, it was bad. <laughs> Probably not that long, but it was a long break. And then we went over and we did what was that? Like an eighteen inch box? Yeah. We yeah. did step ups and when we'd step up we'd take our we'd alternate between our legs, but we'd throw a high knee up. Yeah. And so kick in there. There's a lot of like rocks and uh, deadfall in a lot of places we hunt. So trying to simulate some high steps. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, with a 45-pound plate on your back, mm-hmm. that is brutal. Yeah. Well, when we did the step-ups, it reminded me specifically of that night hunt we went on with my mom. Mm-hmm. And on the way out, after it was unsuccessful, we are kind of bummed. Everybody else is on top of the mountain watching us. There's me, you, my dad, and my mom. Yeah. And it's dark. My mom's kind of beat. And the whole hike up was over deadfall every single step and my mom had worked hard to get in shape however we didn't do anything as far as having to lift your leg up 10 inches to step over a log mm-hmm. all the time and, and that really you know that that affected her that kind of messed with her a little bit mentally but and, and it'll get everybody so i think that was a good functional exercise yeah for hunting it is so and it engages the core dude it was a total body workout Total because you, by Jake. you step up there and then throw a high knee and you got 45 pound plate on your back, mm-hmm. you want to tip over. So your core is engaged, keeping you on. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah, no, it was good. Did we do lunges that day? No, that was we the next time. lunges? So okay. after we did the box step ups, uh, I think just for kicks and giggles, we did some push ups and some pull ups. And then we went back and did 20 minutes on the treadmill at a brisk walk. Yeah. Um, the second time, I didn't have my backpack, and so we just held the plate. Yeah. And that's when we did the walking lunges with a plate over our heads. Yeah, locked out the shoulders. And it was, what, 20? About 20 each 20 way. each way, yeah. Did 40? It was total. sucky. Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> that wasn't good And then good we went over to the box again, and we held a 35-pound plate above our heads. And I'll tell you what, that... Engages the core. <laughs> that was harder than the backpack. It was. Because the backpack holds everything close to your back. The weight's there. You're used to that feeling of having a heavy pack. But having the weight above your head and transferring your weight onto your opposite foot and then kicking up and that weight's just kind of moving. I mean, we have it on video. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Hopefully you don't put it out there. But I struggled. First 10 reps was... I looked like a fish out of water. Dude, it was bad. I couldn't hold my balance. I could step up, but I went in for the high kick. That threw me way off, and I'd lose my balance and have to step back down. But, yeah, that one was pretty brutal. That's just preparing us for when we have to pack that extra hind quarter, you know, above, above our, our head. Yeah. 35-pound yeah. <laughs> yeah. hind quarter. Something bobcats. Right. Bobcats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean – we're just starting to do this uh, backpack cardio thing, and so far I've enjoyed it. I've felt great, yeah. And I'm not one who enjoys a cardio or leg day. It yeah, just... and, well, and I think if you if you're doing stuff, it's like there's so many articles out there that talk about 
different kinds of exercises for hunting yeah specifically and everyone has a take on it yeah everyone has a take on it but i i like the whole functional thing if you're going to do things that you actually do in the field i mean right now it's winter time we could go out snowshoeing with heavy pack i mean that's still on the table you could do that you could go hike in the snow snow. that is true (laughs) utah we're struggling we don't have a lot of snow but in the gym, if you're doing functional things, I think it's a little bit more motivating knowing that I am doing this for hunting rather than I am doing this to look good in the mirror. Right. Because in America, we want fast results. And you look in the mirror every night and you're like, dang it, I still don't look good. Yeah. But if you're doing it with a hunting at, you know, perspective, it's like, hey, that was good. You know, I can feel it that I'm starting to. That's getting a little easier, and I can see where that's going to pay off in August. Yeah. Get creative. Like, think about moves, like positions you've had your body in on the hill, and try to recreate that with some some weight. Mm-hmm. And it, you'll, you have a, an end goal in mind. You want to be in shape for hunting, and so when you start applying that as you're working out, it makes it easier for sure. Yeah, and I think, too... From a physical therapy standpoint, as I work in physical therapy, there's different kind of muscle contractions that a body engages in. And one of the strongest contractions we have is called an eccentric contraction. And an example of that is coming down off the mountain with that heavy pack. As you're stepping down, your quad muscle has to control its lengthening as your knee bends. And for me, that I was thinking about it last night, I was like, now we do so many step ups. I wonder if we start doing step downs with that weight on our back. Yeah, because my quads are on fire and shaking by the time I get back to the truck after yeah. packing out an animal. Feel weak and crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's straight up, cool. I mean, I almost you know as you're going down a canyon, up a canyon, down a canyon, up a canyon, I almost get excited to have to go up again after going downhill because gravity is pulling you down. And yeah, that's brutal on the quads, the knees, yeah, everything. everything. So yeah, I think doing functional things to prepare you for for what you're going to do, and that's why shed shed hunting is so great. Yeah, because you're doing what you're going to be doing. Some people obviously have heavier packs than others when shed hunting. I've never mine's always light. Yeah, I, I've I find two never movies. never experienced a you know a tines up moment where I have twelve sides on my back. It's going to change this year. Right. I've got lofty goals. We're going to follow them and get theirs. <laughs> We're stalking them. <laughs> no. Yeah, so. But yeah, I mean, from a fitness standpoint, there's, you know, enjoy the end of the year. And then New Year's resolutions are always being set. But I think that if you it just closed, my camera closed. That's all right. Yeah. I think it was good footage, though. But anyways, from a fitness standpoint, yeah, if we if we kind of get on the ball right now, then August won't be such a pain in the butt or even June, July getting up there to set cameras. Exactly. So. And, you know, it takes some self-discipline. A lot of people are like, I'll let myself go during the holidays and then step it up in January 1, you know. But if you can maintain somewhat through the holidays and just not let yourself totally go – it is a lot easier to just keep on a schedule or, you know, yeah. keep progressing it. If you've ever taken a break from working out and then try to go to the gym, you feel like crap. Yeah. Like it's, it's Your bad. legs are on fire for three days after. <laughs> Every time you have to feel sick, even sit down on the toilet for whatever reason, your legs are killing you. You're just like, no, what did I do to myself? Yeah. So you can, you can go to the gym um, implement some different cardio, um, backpack type exercises. Um, there's some other functional things you can do to prepare for other aspects of hunting. For example, I like to hold like a 10 pound dumbbell in one hand and then I try to go to the cable machine and, and set it to a level about my shoulder height and I'll grab it and I don't remember the weight I use exactly. Just get a comfortable weight and then practice like drawing your bow, like mm-hmm. pull it back across by your, your mouth and back to an anchor point and then back and then switch to your off hand, your off hand. It, uh, huh. it totally messes with you. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's heavy. I mean, I've just gotten into archery hunting, so I don't have a lot of experience with that, but I can see how switching to the other hand would definitely throw you off. 
Mm-hmm. For sure. And I and I think too, just one quick thought came to my mind was, um, you know, I have a lot of talk, like different talks about fitness and trying to get people active and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's interesting to see. I get a lot of people coming in as patients who run 10, 15 miles a day, but they do not look like it. You would never know they run 10 to 15 miles a day. And the reason why is because they'll run 10 to 15 miles a day, but their nutrition aspect of it is horrible. You know, it's important. Yeah. Like, and we always say, my boss and I, you know. So did you explain what you do? Uh, yeah. Physical therapy. I'm a physical therapist assistant. So that's where that background comes in. So So Zach knows the, how the body functions and what muscle groups are used for what. And yeah, he understands joints. I do understand joints. Definitely. But yeah, we get a lot of patients that come in who are, you know, still have a, a pretty big gut and they, they do a lot of running and they're like, why, why am I not losing weight? And it's, it's easy. You, you can, you can lose weight without exercising with a good diet but you can still maintain your weight exercising as much as you want but if you don't change your diet you're not going to lose a pound Mm -hmm. but if you just change your diet without exercising you'll lose weight but both of them together obviously is ideal and so i think a lot of people don't want to do that self-discipline and kind of cut out the things with nutrition Mm because that with an orthopedic surgeon one time we went to a cadaver lab this that might be gross to some people, but he had an interesting stat. He said, for every pound you lose in your gut, it's as if your knees lose seven pounds of force on that on your knee joints. And That's so, crazy. Yeah, every pound of weight uh, fat you lose is seven pounds of force that you're not applying to your knees. Right. So Jeez. you get a lot of. You know, people, sedentary people that come in and talk to these orthopedic surgeons and are like, hey, I want to, you know, my knees hurt. I think I need a knee replacement. And they're like, well, you know, the images look good, but sorry if you can hear my dogs barking. (laughs) But, you know, you don't, your images look good. You don't need a knee replacement. It's just the weight is just brutal on your knees. And so people lose 10 pounds. That's 70 pounds of force that are taken off of your knees. And I thought that was an amazing stat. I had never heard that before. And the, the particular orthopedic surgeon said it. It's amazing what happens to patients when they just lose 10 pounds, how much better they feel. You know, I dabbled in rock climbing for a few years there, and I still do it once in a great while. But just losing 10 pounds, is a, it's amazing how much better of a climber I am. I'm not packing that 10 pounds. And it, it makes a huge difference. I've noticed it on the mountain too. Um, on my bull elk hunt last year, um, I lost 15 pounds on the mountain. Wow, that's 15 a lot. pounds! My that's I was like weight. cinching up my pants; they were falling off. But dude, I could hike so much farther towards the like. Well, it wasn't the end, but the middle of the hunt than I could at the beginning. The end, I was so worn out that <laughs> I was just done. Yeah. Well, I think a great example of that and. I've watched so many videos of him. He's an inspiration to tons of people. Is Cam Haynes. Mm-hmm. And there's one particular video he posted a few years back uh, on his leg workout day. And he straps a 130-pound stone boulder to his pack frame, and he walks four and a half miles up this mountainside. You know, And he, he talks about it as he's doing it. He says, a lot of people ask me what I do, and this is what I do. He says, I don't want to put a lot of size on my legs. Is I don't want to do a lot of heavy lifting, do anything like that, because I don't want to put on size, because that's detrimental to him as a uh, and as an athlete mm-hmm. in the hunting world too. You know, just if you pack on twenty pounds of muscle, that's twenty more pounds you have to hike around with. Not saying getting in that kind of shape is bad, but but muscle is heavier than fat. Yeah, and being that bulky, ripped guy, you might look good at the beach. But on the mountain, you're going to struggle more than if you had lean muscle. Yeah. So, well, we've talked about it. Yeah, we we know people that you would never know, even hunt. Maybe mm-hmm. you know if you just saw them at the gas station, whatever. Then you see them on the mountain, and they are kicking your butt up the hill. They are just motoring, right? They don't have the beach bod, but they have the cardio endurance. Some of the 
<laughs> I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm a skinny guy, not by choice, but by genetics. But <laughs> there is, I mean, I've seen some of the fattest guys who I never thought could go anywhere off of the, a road out hunting. You know that, oh, that guy's going to be strictly a road hunter. And you see them at the top of the mountain. They're sweating like crazy because, yeah, they're packing all that, that weight. But for some reason, some of those guys can just go. And they kill animals. They kill some nice animals. And I don't quite understand how someone that doesn't work out or train in the slightest mm-hmm. can be up there crushing it. It blows my mind. A lot of the people, though, that I see... You'll never see them at a gym, but when you ask them, well, what do you do? How, how can you hike so much? How come I'm so tired and feel like I want to throw in the towel? And you just need a short rest break and you're ready to go. And, and I, a lot of times those, those guys and women even, they're, doing, they're hiking around for fun. They're doing recreational hiking. They're out actually looking for animals. <laughs> yeah, they do they're that. Doing so. the activity. Yeah, you can one of the best examples of this ever. My dad always um tells a story, but he had a a guy who just gotten out of the Marines or the Army, I can't remember the exact uh division of our military, but he was talking to an older gentleman who lives in Ofer out here in Twila County and he he would hike back and forth between Ofer and Settlement Canyon. And this army brat, he was just sitting there just talking. He's a young kid. He was like 30. And the gentleman my dad worked with, he's about in his mid-50s, even early 60s, I think, at this point. And he said, you know, I can out-hike you any day. I can do this. I just got out of the military. And he's like, well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go have a contest. And this older guy beat him by two hours. I mean, wow. it's, a, it's like a probably a 12-mile hike as the bird flies. And probably a twenty mile hike when it's all said and done, but he beat him by two hours because the guy just out of the army, he was in shape, but he wasn't in hiking or hunting shape. You know, you could take a marathon runner and get him on the mountain, and I bet you I could probably hang with him, but don't get me to go run a marathon, right? Because two different concepts. Yeah. So I think if you're a little bit more functional, better off it is. Hmm. So. Zach's got his background, um, it sounds weird, in the body. In the body. In the body. (laughs) But um, he was showing me an article on Western Hunter, actually. Um, Zach, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, so this article came out, I think it was in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, but Mark Paulson wrote it, and he's over Wilderness Athlete. Okay. He's the guy who came up as a wilderness athlete and he talks about basically shrinkage is the title of the article it called really threw me off when i first <laughs> looked at it yeah when i told my kid i was like hey you just got to type in on their blog search shrinkage and it will kind of start off weird they talk about george from seinfeld about the shrinkage episode when he gets out of the pool yada yada that's how it starts off but he talks about in the article basically if you don't use it you're gonna lose it and he's actually, and I've got um, pictures here um, that just show, he's got two examples. He's got a, a triathlete who's 35 years old, a triathlete who's 74 years old, and then a sedentary 70-year-old man. And sedentary meaning they don't do much. And it is crazy. What they've done is they've taken like a cross-section. It's like if you were to cut your leg in half and then look at, at it, like looking up at your leg, you see your femur, you see your quads and your hamstrings, your hip abductors, adductors, muscles. But as you look at it, you can see that there is no difference between the 35-year-old triathlete and the 35-year-old triathlete. You mean the 40-year-old and the 70-year-old? Yeah, sorry. Is it 40, 70? Yeah, 40 okay. and 70. There's no difference, meaning in the image, you can see the femur and it's it's nice and big and it's round and it takes up a little bit of space. Then you have the muscle tissue and it's red, it's it's big, it's thick. And then you have a thin layer of adipose tissue, meaning fat tissue, which everybody needs to have fat. People who want to get down to 2% fat, that's unhealthy. You need to be around 10% fat to be healthy. And that's what these triathletes have. They have that little layer of fat and then your skin, obviously. 
there's no difference. You can't tell really hardly any difference between those two individuals. But then the cross-section of the sedentary man, what is he? Is he 74? 74. Okay, he's 74. And it is, it's a huge difference. It's night and day. Yeah. The Literally. The fat layer is just insane. And then the the muscle, it is broken up. It's eat, getting just, eaten away, basically. Huh? It's not solid. But if I, if I looked at these pictures and I had no clue what they were, Real I would be sake. like, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of what it looks like. I would be way more inclined to look at the 40-year-old triathlete and the 70-year-old triathletes than I would the sedentary man. Like, it just, it doesn't even look. I mean, marbling might be pleasing to the eye <laughs> when you're much. eating steak, but the marbling in this guy's thigh is not good. And if you look at the size of the bone McCade, that's what alarms me. It's, it's tiny. tiny because it's, it's not being stressed by those muscles. It's maybe half, if not a third of the size of the other two. Yeah. When, when you use your muscles, your muscles attach to bone. And as those muscles work, it forces the bone to to work as well, meaning it's got to lay down a little bit more um, calcium, you know, all those things to help build the bone stronger. But they definitely have some osteoporosis going on because, and it's quickened by not being active. Yeah. I mean, they, it's just crazy to me when you see, when I saw that article, it was when I was actually in school um, studying physical therapy, it blew my mind away. And it was on, it's on Western Hunter's website. You can go into their blog section and you can type in shrinkage and it'll pull it up. Yeah. A, a simple Google search, Western Hunter shrinkage, you'll, it'll pull it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't so, worry, it's not bad. But it's an interesting read and, and talks about, you know, Mark Paulson throws out some big words, but he explains them well. And it's very motivating to stay active. I like this quote right here. Um, he says, when your muscle shrinks, your world shrinks. For example, when you lose muscle mass, you lose the ability to perform certain tasks in your life that require strength. This in turn leads to reduction in mobility, followed closely by a lack of flexibility. And if you don't think mobility and flexibility are key parts of a hunter and their ability to perform on the mountain, then you're a road hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. The type of hunting, yeah, if you want to hike anywhere, you have to be flexible and you have to be mobile. Yeah. That, I mean, and flexibility comes into play on day two and day three. Way when more you're sore. First two. And it depends on how your muscles, how they've been stressed in the off season as you prepared for the hunt. And granted, general season hunts, you're going to, you're going to see those road hunters kill some nice, Mule deer. It happens. But that's not all of hunting. For me, a lot of hunting is getting into new country that I've never seen before. To me, you know, being able to hike and being able to move and being able to give my all is probably 60% of the hunt for me. And 40% is, is finding an animal that pleases me, you know. Yeah. It's way fun to get into some unfamiliar territory to you and especially when you can out-hike people and you can get way far away from them, you'll see things that those people will never see. When I was a kid, um, I really didn't like hiking. I went hiking, but allergies and asthma in the summertime, you can imagine, was not fun in the mountains. And I, it just, it was hard. Hiking is hard, and I hated it. But pretty soon I got to see that I was able to go places most people didn't go. And I saw things that most people don't see. And it was a very gratifying feeling to me. And in high school, I started hiking all the time. I, I stopped playing sports, organized sports with the, the high school teams. And I started doing my own thing. I started hiking a ton. I'd go by myself and hike up to the top of mountains over here. And I'd be <laughs> up at you know, 10,000 feet by mm -hmm. myself, just enjoying, enjoying life, seeing things I never would have seen. That That's a lot of it for me. Yeah, and it always amazes me. I always get to certain ridges, and I'm like, ah, I wonder how many people have really been here and seeing what I am seeing. Stood here. And then all of a sudden you see a beer can from the 70s, you're like, <laughs> dang it. 
somebody was here, you know, who, who's the other crazy person that hiked up here? Yeah. But you and I talked about it um, before starting today that, granted, right now there's a huge amount of focus being on fitness and hunting. And oh, yeah. Which is great. It, it is necessary. Mm-hmm. If people, you know, people can call it a fad. People can call whatever, you know, abolishing the stereotypes of Hunters are just rednecks who wear plaid shirts and go out and drink their beer and smoke their cigarettes and whatnot. And now it's starting to become hunters or athletes. But I think a lot of people kind of fall under the false pretense of, well, if I work hard in the gym and I get into hunting shape and I can hike further than anybody, I'm going to be guaranteed a nice deer. When in all reality, you still have to hunt the animal. You do. It takes a lot of other work. But if you can have your body ready, then you you will be that much more prepared to find those animals. It's it's just like running a trail camera. Because you get pictures of a nice deer, it doesn't mean you're going to kill it. You have to work for it. You have to pattern the animal and a lot of it's luck. But if you if your body isn't slowing you down, you're going to be that much more able to yeah. you know find success. Well, when I killed my sportsman's buck kings kind of created this little it was a social media post and it was a picture of me packing my deer out and they're and they're saying their quote on it it was it's true at first i was like i don't understand what that is but then you think about it and it said the harder i work the luckier i seem to get you know if you put yourself out there and you're able to stay in the field longer the luckier you're gonna be dude that is a great quote yeah so it, hunting is, it, I don't know what percentage, but it's a high percentage of luck. No matter how many times you've patterned this animal, or you think you know what it's going to do. It still has its own brain. Mm-hmm. But if you're not out there creating opportunities, yeah, you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to find them when they make their mistakes. Exactly. You know, like if you're going up, if you go out on opening day and you get discouraged because you're just seeing pumpkin patches everywhere. That's fine. See, to me, like I have to like, I've had a tweak the way I think when I see orange vests and I see other people, I used to get so pissed off, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to outwork them. I'm going to be able to stay up here on the mountain longer because of my physical shape, but also I'm going to out hunt them, meaning I'm going to out glass them. I'm going to, I know where to look better than they do. I know this and that and that you, you go down the list. And so that's kind of what it's coming to. Cause a lot of, a lot of people are, are hiking further. Mm-hmm. Those off, you know, those basins way off, you know, the map are getting filled in with hunters. But if you don't know how to hunt, you might as well just say, Oh, that was a nice, pretty hike I went on. <laughs> because if you don't that know where to true. look, if you don't know how to pattern an animal or what mule deer do, or elk, or whatever it is you're hunting, then sorry, you're just out for a nice hike with a heavy pack. Right. Yeah, this is definitely just one small piece of the puzzle to being but a successful huge, hunter. Well, not a huge part. Well, it is a huge part, but it is. It's, it's a necessary part, I guess I should say, fitness. If your body can't do it, you can't do it. I mean, if your body's done, you're done. And then it goes, I mean, we could totally swing this into every other aspect but your feet are tired you're done you know well if your body's tired your mind's tired because your mind's telling you keep going keep going and your mind gets worn out from trying to pick you up yeah and then you get downtrodden and start feeling sorry for yourself and but if you're fit and you you're able to push your limits that's when it becomes really fun now i've i've only been there maybe once in my life where I've actually done a good off season to where it's like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's keep going. But well, that's, that's going to be this year, dude. I've got high expectations and goals for this year. And, and I'm, I'm committed. You have a 10 pack. Oh yeah. 10 pack. I'm going to have back abs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, on the serious note, abs, your core strength is, is really vital is, uh, when you start packing things, you'll, but you'll it doesn't understand. mean you need to have a six pack that is visible in the mirror. You can have a strong as freak core without seeing it. 
I mean, I've seen it time and time again. Like I said, there's people out there that I run into every day. Who I'm like, I could out hike them any day. And the next thing I know, I'm halfway up the mountain. There they are on top, packing down their animal already. I'm like, what the? <laughs> but what? I don't. I don't get it. You're 130 pounds soaking wet. How are you packing out that whole animal by yourself? You don't look like you're strong enough, or you know what I mean? It's. I think a lot of it's willpower too, though. How yeah, bad do you want it? Exactly. And that starts now. Yep. Um, let's talk about the about the nutrition thing. Um, as far as like diet, and then, I mean, this is as you were talking about earlier. The hunting world has exploded into this. You have to be a physical athlete, you know, this specimen beast yeah. of a guy to to hunt and kill things. And we've seen that with all these supplement companies with their pre and post workouts, their drinks that are supposed to make you run high, run faster, jump higher. The PF flyers, you know, they the jet. Their proteins, their, I mean, they're, it's so saturated. And I'm not saying this stuff doesn't help you, but, man, I've seen a lot of people just take a bottle of water and a granola bar and they go all day. Well, you could even say the mirror image of that is the camo industry. Yep. You know, you get people who are spending $800 a year on the new camouflage. Hey, do I look good in this camo? How's my butt look? Do I? How do I look? Do I look like a hunter? Then you get the Dude, guy I can't who's wear that. in. My bow doesn't match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you're uh, you're gators. Mm-mm. Nope. The deer will the deer will see you. <laughs> you know, but then you get the guy who just wears Wranglers, orange vest shirt. <laughs> yeah, and and slip on cowboy boots. Yeah. I know a few guys. Yeah, but they get it done. Crush it. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable to me. It is not saying that I believe that camo makes a difference. If you're hunting with a rifle, I don't think you need to wear camouflage in my honest opinion. 300 yards away, <laughs> you know, that's where you worry about your scent more than, hey, I usually wear my camo. This is a tangent here, sorry, but I usually to me camo is to hide me from the other hunters. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. I know the deer can see me. They see me like flick my ear, you know, rub my nose or whatever. Yeah, they say movement. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's that's for sure. I mean, it was funny because the when I killed my the sportsman's tag buck, I was wearing solid like long john sleeves underneath my king's camo top, and I couldn't believe how many people on Facebook, are, dude, I can't believe you wore white under your camo. The deer is gonna see you. And I'm like, really? How far was your shot? He didn't. Supposedly, it was a hundred yards. You know, and, and he didn't see and you and he run. Didn't see me? It was unbelievable. Like uh, what? And there was 18 other bucks with him. You know, obviously they had us pegged right before I pulled the trigger. He didn't. Yeah, he was down feeding, but the other bucks were like, "Hey, uh, there's a guy up there wearing the new, the newest, the latest, latest version of King's camo." But holy smokes, his white long john sleeves. Totally gave him away, <laughs> you know. I mean, people are taking advantage of the opportunity, and which should I mean? I love some of this new camo is awesome. It definitely helps, um, but does it help as much as what people think it does? That's up for debate. Yeah, well, but this same will be with another the protein podcast. stuff. Yeah, right? same with yeah, the supplements. Exactly. So, I started taking supplements. Um, back in like 2012, I started, well, it was probably early in that 2010, I started working out with some friends and I'd never been a gym rat or anything, but I started out with protein powder. That was it. Like mm-hmm. after the, the workout, I'd drink protein and I saw huge results, <laughs> like, but I started bulking up. Right. And I don't know if yeah. at the time that's what I wanted. Um, but since then I've, I've tried all these different companies, pre-workouts, their post-workouts, their in-between workouts, the 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 proteins and stuff. And honestly, the I see CCAs results all from it all. But I'm not a person that like totally feels the effects of things. Like even like medication. Like if I take it, I don't necessarily feel like it's doing what it says it would do. Yeah. Some people can tell like instantly, right? But. I'm an I, I, ibuprofen and Advil junkie for headaches. I mean, they help with headaches, but other than that, I don't know. But 
So, I mean, there's t- all these companies telling you that, hey, this our pre-workout is going to keep you on the mountain longer. Our post-workout is going to help you recover and hydrate. Uh, the funniest thing to me is our our energy supplement uh, hydrates you, but you look at it and it's got a shiz ton of caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. If you know anything about caffeine, caffeine's a diuretic. It does the total opposite of hydrating you. It yeah. dehydrates you. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how it hydrates you if it has caffeine. I don't care what else is in there that supposedly hydrates you. Caffeine kills you. So, yeah. <laughs> I do have to say, though, right, it wasn't really until I started, until after I met McCade and started hanging out with him, you know, I was like, oh, mountain ops and stuff like that, and it could be good. And But on my mom's elk hunt, you know, our minds were, we were just so so done almost we we drove back into town had a good bite to eat just trying to lift our spirits and then i was like we got to go to sportsman's warehouse we need to get some yeti that's what it was it was just mountain ops yeti and we got us some yeti and right before we started hiking again we drank some and it did it it boosted our spirits um i don't know what it would have done in the long haul but in that moment when we were at our lowest it did I I do have to admit it. It definitely helped me and my mom. And then 30 minutes after that, boom, elk are bugling all around us. That's when the natural, you know, endorphins take over and your adrenaline's running and you're going. But I I think there's a place for it. Um, It's not necessary, though, to make you a good hunter. No. I, Mm -hmm. I use all this stuff from all these different companies, and I have been for a while. And it does, like you said, help keep me in the game. Like on my elk hunt, when I was I was toast, and the place I was hunting um, before I killed my bull, but I I had to hike down into a canyon to get in there to the elk, and then to get out, it was the opposite way. I had to go straight uphill, and the last mile was brutal. It was like straight up and down. So before that last mile, I'd take some uh, caffeine supplement and boom dude i felt like i was on top of the world i booked up the mountain and yeah so but yeah. did it help your eyes see more no did it help me find animals no yeah <laughs> but it it did help keep me in the game so i do think there's a place for it but just because you use this stuff it's just like we were saying just because you have the best looking body you can hike out farther than anybody your, your camel's, camel's the most expensive exactly <laughs> i mean your bow's the latest and greatest model it doesn't guarantee success you still have to work hard and use your mind yeah your mind i think is your most powerful tool in all of your hunting arsenal yeah i agree everything else is just a an attribute a, a contributing part yeah i i think everything obviously yeah comes from your mind and and it your mind also helps you when i mean not every time you go out hunting does everything go smooth i mean you might get yourself into a, a bad position oh yeah and i think that if you're one of the sedentary people who get into that position and you're already worn out you've been hiking all day you haven't been doing much you know to prepare for that hunt I think your mind is weak at that point because you're so exhausted and you might hit the panic button, you know, a little earlier than what you may have if you would have been in shape, you know, and, and things like that. And But I think that if you are if you have a healthy body, you have a healthy mind, and you're able to conquer a lot more. If you're getting enough sleep, if you're getting enough cardio in, if you're exercising, I mean, it's amazing the studies that I did, you know, I was or that I read and did research papers on when I was in school, just about what 20 minutes of walking does for a body. You know, if people just get up and walk 20 minutes a day, how how much that would help the whole healthcare deficit that's in this country. It's amazing to me, you know, people don't get up and do anything. They don't do anything to to you know, put stress on their heart so it gets stronger, put stress on their muscles so they they have to grow and stay adequate enough, you know. Your body's only going to do as much as your, you ask of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to you to, to change it, I guess. Right. And it's not up to the camel companies, not up mm-hmm. to anybody else. It's, it's on you, and then everything else will take care of itself. Just to to step back a, a little bit back to the supplement stuff, um, 
you can get the same kind of energy that you would from these caffeinated beverages or whatever. They're telling you you can run farther, hike farther than everyone else. You can get that same kind of stuff and re- results from from food, from apples, from nuts, um, watching what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I do construction for a living and every morning on this one project, we used to go at like nine o'clock. We'd run down to Smith's and we'd grab donuts. And dude, by the end of the day, like I was dragging. Mm-hmm. And so after a few weeks of this, I was just, I was tired of it. So we, we went one day uh, on our donut run and instead of grabbing a donut, I went and grabbed some almonds out of the bulk food section and um, an apple. And I had mm. an apple and almonds. Dude, by four o'clock that day, I was still like just going like a yeah. freight train. I was just, I, you couldn't stop me. And I look over at my buddy and he's just like dragging. He's like, is it time to go home yet? <laughs> I was feeling great. So... I'm I'm no nutrition expert or anything, and I'm not. I don't even want to attempt so many diets to, out there. To be one, but ways lifestyle changes. I should say, do your research. If it's, I mean, it works for you. Yeah, find what works for you. Yeah, like for me, I've always dabbled in the paleo diet. Uh, it, it works for me because I don't have to count anything. I don't have to measure anything. I just eat non-processed. Try to at least. Non-processed meats, vegetables, fruits, nuts, um, just anything that somebody who lived in the caveman era would eat. And it's easy for me because I I don't want to measure anything. I don't want to count anything. Mm -hmm. Just give me some good organic mule deer or elk meat. Yeah. Let me cook it up. Let me have some asparagus with it. Let me have some yams, whatever. You know, and, and, and there you go. It doesn't matter. You don't have to count that. But if you do that diet without exercising, you'll still lose a little bit of weight. Obviously, if you're a little heavier on the protein side, then your kidneys might hurt. But it's just crazy to me at how much, in such a short amount of time. I mean, in the 1920s, probably not a lot of foods with sugar in it at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and now we're a hundred years later. Everything has sugar in it. Everything has sugar. Everything's processed. It's nothing's real. Like just look at your food. If it's hasn't been processed, if it's like straight from the ground or the If it has a food label on it, it's probably not something you want to eat. Exactly. It's it's not gonna be as good for you. Right. Grab the raw veggies, grab the meats, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, granted, a fun, a fun size Snickers definitely does me well on the mountain sometimes. Oh, I could tear up some some Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> yeah, ooh. Yeah. And a Mountain Dew. Oh. I'm, I'm just going to say that after a long, brutal hike, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but a nice, cold Mountain Dew can't be beat. No, oh, with the tingly and the bubbly just going down after the After we packed out your mom's bowl in the middle of the night, we got back to the truck at like 4 a.m. and... We downed some cold Mountain Dews, and that, that was, was the nice. best tasting Mountain Dew ever. And I still almost <laughs> fell asleep driving back to camp at the wheel. And we were singing, geez, we almost started singing church hymns, if I remember. We were trying to sing any off-the-wall kind of thing just to keep our minds kind of in the game. But that was that was brutal. It started off like, hey, we're going to pack this whole elk out tonight. That was at 11.30. And then at 4 in the morning when we got to the truck and we had packed out what? Half of it. Half of it? No, we're not hiking back down in there. We'll just go back to camp, get some Z's, and come back in the morning. That's a very important part of nutrition, I think, too, is getting consistent, adequate rest. Mm-hmm. Six, seven hours of sleep a night, six, seven, eight, I think is your ideal range, um, and, and consistent. Go to bed early, getting up early. Mm -hmm. I can tell a huge difference when I do that. And my muscles start developing better. I feel better throughout the day. I have more energy. Even the manly beard starts to develop better. When you use the proper beard oils, of course. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely changes, simple changes that people can make. You know, January 1st, after the college football playoff, and after the 
stews and after the shrimp and after all those good things. So January 2nd. Yeah. You know, you can make subtle changes because if you, I don't know, if you go to the gym and say, I'm going to run two miles today, I'm going to go lift, I'm going to do that. Sorry, you're not coming back to the gym for a week. It's going to be so dang sore. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, that was not fun at all. Don't overdo it. But if you change your sleeping habits and you start to do things a little bit different, you will begin to tolerate more at the gym. You'll start seeing results. And then come hunting season, you'll enjoy it more. If you want to know what I think the biggest help would be and this the simplest change you can make is to cut soda out of your diet. Yeah. It's a hard one for me because I like my Mountain Dew. But the carbonation takes oxygen out of your body, which makes it harder when you're working out and hiking. You're out of breath. Mm -hmm. And it has so much sugar in it that it just, it'll build up around your midsection. Two weeks after quitting soda, I've noticed like I'll lose like five, six, seven pounds Mm -hmm. just from that. Um, I'm not saying you can't drink it ever. But if you if you're a consistent like every day every other day kind of soda drinker, just try that. Just try cutting it out. Have a soda a month or something. Yeah. Because I know it can be tough, but honestly, that's been one of the easiest things, but one of the biggest um, helps that I've noticed in trying to start my fitness journey. Yeah, I mean, I I know I have a buddy of mine who stopped eating carbohydrates after five. And I was like, how the heck? I don't even know all the foods that carbohydrates are in. I'm no nutritionist. And he's like, well, then just try not to eat dinner any later than five. It's that easy. Who cares about worrying about what you're eating? But just have your last meal at five. And then at nighttime, have your, uh, you you know, obviously there's carbohydrates and apples and that. But I can't remember his exact right before bed snack. But probably was a protein shake for all I know. But he just says just focus on that and he says you'll be amazed and that's what he did and i think he didn't he didn't even go to the gym and i think he lost like 20 pounds over a three-month period wow just because he was eating while he was active during the day not eating at nine o'clock at night Mm -hmm. so do you eat breakfast rarely me too that's a huge me too benefit when i was in high i mean all grown up through school I never ate breakfast. Breakfast was a Mountain Dew for me in high school. I I woke up so late that it wasn't even a thought. Yeah, sleep meant more to me than eating breakfast. But as I've gotten older, I've noticed that my day goes better when I eat breakfast. And on the mountain, if I don't have anything before I start hiking around, it screws up with my whole day. Like even just, you know, I'll have lunch and stuff, but I'll try to throw some... Pop-Tarts or something in. I'll try to eat a granola bar on the way out. And I've been taking protein shakes and drinking those, just those like muscle milks you can buy at the gas station. Throw that in a cooler and drink that before you go. Yeah. I've noticed a huge help. I just have way more energy. I've noticed when hunting, yeah, like you said, if you don't eat breakfast, and I always just jet boil water, pour it into an oatmeal packet. That's 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 what I do. But if I don't do that, it's so much harder to stay behind glass. It's so much harder to just focus in on a patch of pines and pick it apart. Like, cause my eyes wear my brain out, you know, it's just like, it's so much faster that day. If I don't eat breakfast, well, your brain uses energy yeah. to function. It so has to be fed. trying to process what you're seeing. And if it's not, <laughs> yeah, if it's not fed, your brain's like, I just want to go back to bed. Yeah. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. No. So, so, For 2018, Zach, what are your fitness goals? Fitness goals? Yes. Number one, we we weighed ourselves at the gym that day. I don't know if it was backpack cardio day or not. Uh Uh-huh. But I think I was 190. Is that where I was? I was at 190. And I want to be at 170. That's, That's where I got to last year. I got to about 172. And it was crazier. I lost 20 pounds. So I'm not carrying as much natural weight, but I was stronger at the same time. So then my I could carry a heavier pack, and it seemed lighter than when I was carrying a 10-pound lighter pack, the pack and the 20 extra pounds. So my fitness goals are to be more functional too because I think I get caught up in the, 
oh, I want to look good for the summer when I go boating. Everyone wants to look good yeah. for the ladies. But I think I want to be a little bit more, okay, be a little bit more cognizant of how is this exercise, how is this bicep curl really going to help me on the mountain? Rather, you know, squats obviously are going to help you a little bit. But when I do cardio, maybe instead of running on a treadmill, maybe I'm going to go hike. Mm-hmm. One night I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to throw my headlamp on. I'm going to go hike for a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. It'll probably take you 45 minutes. And that's a heck of a lot easier cardio than running on a treadmill, in my opinion. Because you're seeing things. You're, man, you're in clean air. Mm-hmm. So I think those are my goals. Lose some weight. Become more, become stronger in a more functional way for hunting. And then I will report on how that helped. We're going to try to keep a, um, everyone updated on the Instagram and Facebook pages if you follow us. You'll be you getting don't. a lot of pictures of my abs. Just kidding. <laughs> don't worry. So I, I, I'm very similar, Zach. Um, I'm not so much focused on the weight. I like my pants to fit. I hate cinching them up. So yeah. right, I weighed myself today. Um, I've come down a little bit. I'm 195 today. Um, so, I mean, hanging around 195, 200, I don't really care, right around there. Um, but at, like you said, I want to be more fit for the mountain. I want my legs to be in better shape. It's been a rough year since I had the knee surgeries last year at this time, but um, they're getting better. And doing this backpack cardio thing, I feel it while we're doing it. But the next day, I, I've been feeling really good. So, I want to strengthen my legs. I want to increase my endurance. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to breathe easier on the mountain. Um, and so doing cardio is going to help, but doing cardio also on the mountain is going to help. And so I'm going to be, I like to go to the gym. It's kind of my release from work and things like that, other stresses. Mm-hmm. So that's still going to be a, a key part of my workout plan, but I do want to hike more during this winter. I'm going to start looking for moose sheds um, as soon as, you know, the antlers start falling off the other critters. We're going to be going out on some trips, hiking around, looking for those. Um, yeah. Just be more active. And, really. I, and I, I'm going to be watching what I eat better, um, laying off the soda and just trying to eat more unprocessed foods, more healthy foods. So. Well, and doing these goals too, I mean. The hunting world, like total archery challenge, train to hunt challenge, those things, if you start preparing for those now, I mean, those are fun things to take part in. You know, if you just decide a week before, okay, you're going to cut soda out. But yeah, I think those are good goals. Obtainable yeah. goals. That's key. They have to be obtainable. Write them down. This is what you need to do. You have to write your goals down. Because we're professionals in this. Yes. This is what I've been told growing up. Perfection. (laughs) In order to achieve a goal, it has to be established and it has to be written. So write your goals out. Place your goals in a place that you can see them every day. Put it on your mirror. Put it in your vehicle, on your dash. um, Something. It'd be kind of cool to like make a bracelet. No, no, it wouldn't. No, those little Mm -mm. plastic. No way. And you can always see your goals. And McCade will be wearing jewelry to help him with his goals. I didn't mean like metal bracelet. That's what I pictured. Those little stretchy. What would Jesus do? Yeah, those kind. Oh, that's there you go. There's my uh, (laughs) my fitness goal bracelet. (laughs) What would Jesus do? Um, Market that, and you'll make millions. Hey, don't sell my ideas here. No, so write down your goals and uh, tell someone your goals. Keep yourself accountable. If you slip up, I mean, you're only only accountable to yourself, really. Right. But it it's, just it depends on how bad you want it. Yeah. If you if you want to do it, you're gonna do it. But if you don't really want to do it and you haven't set your mind to it, not gonna happen. How bad do you want it? Pretty darn bad. We'll leave you with that. Oh, do we need to? We do need to say we're going to do another podcast here shortly, and it's going to be a good one. We, uh, I have a good buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy Zumwalt. He works, um, he volunteers, I should say, um, with the Mill Deer Foundation. I hit him up. I said, "Hey, would you be interested in, in doing a podcast and talking about the Mill Deer Foundation, the history of it, how it got started, 
everything that the Mule Deer Foundation does, what their goals are as far as conservation goes, um, what happens, you know, how do they prepare for the Western Hunting Conservation Expo in February, what all goes into that, and then what do they do with the with the funds of that, obviously, that's been a hot topic in recent years, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. controversy and things, but that's going to be a fun one we're going to do. Um, he's also a, a guide for uh, Mossback, so he's he's got some good stories. But it's going to be a good guy. podcast, guys. So yeah. it'll be it'll be neat. So Definitely we'll tune back in. Be on the lookout for that sometime next month, January. Yeah. yeah. Next couple of weeks, we're going to lay that down. So okay, well, then real. It's uh, Zach and McCade signing off. Son Outdoors. If you haven't followed us on Facebook or Instagram, please go check us out. Um, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, give us some positive feedback. Uh, we constantly do giveaways so you can get in on that and till then peace be thy journey. (laughs) That's a great sign off. Peace (laughs) be thy journey. Thanks guys.